You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a live edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Sorry we're a little late. It's, it's 2.45. We're late because 3 o'clock is the deadline, apparently, for Major League Baseball players to accept the latest offer. Now, if they don't accept, are we going to play 162 games? I don't know. I was already told yesterday that we were canceling two full weeks of games, and Mm -hmm. it was not possible. We were going to lose another week. So if something happens and something fouls this up, are we done with 162? No, I can't say that because we were already done with it a week ago and then again yesterday. So Major League Baseball's arbitrary deadlines don't mean much. This deal, though, has so much positive momentum. We are going to be spending most of this episode, I'm sure, talking about live updates that are coming through as we discuss. We're also going to be talking about, of course, what Yankees free agency looks like if a deal is ratified, whether it's now, whether it's tonight, whatever's coming. We found out yesterday about some free agents the Yankees have talked to and exchanged medicals on. So we're going to go there as well. And then, of course, if we have enough time to play around, the Yankees lost an old friend to a minor league team in the AL East this morning. We can talk about that, folks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us live on YouTube uh, at 2 o'clock Eastern on most Mondays and Thursdays, obviously, today. Coming to you a little bit late because we've got updates in the air floating. We don't want to give you an outdated podcast. We did not want to go live at 2 o'clock. That felt like a horrible idea. 
So now here we are. Uh, the deal seemed almost assured to pass at the 3 o'clock deadline 10 minutes ago. The sides were so close. There are moves. Uh, you know, it, it, there are also people like Andy Martino saying, uh, you know, if the deal is not reached at 3 o'clock, it could easily be reached tonight. They are so close on numbers, etc. Latest from John Heyman and co. is that there's dissension from a couple of New York Mets on the Tier 4 spending levels. Now, you know that's Max Scherzer because there's dissension for Max Scherzer at every turn. At a certain point, it felt like Max Scherzer was leading the charge to help protect the little guys in Major League Baseball. Now, it just feels like he wants to make sure that Steve Cohen's spending power is maximized while he is on the New York Mets. To be arguing about Tier 4 of a financial proposal for only the top tax offenders in the worries that it might dissuade Steve Cohen from spending even that little bit more, if that's truly what's happening, is crazy to me. So many players want to play. Uh, hearing from from Travis Sawcheck, he hadn't heard a no yet as of like 20 minutes ago. He said, all, my agency sources are saying every player they talk to is voting yes. So I guess it's just the Mets, and we have to assume it's Max Scherzer. Um, but still, regardless of what the outcome is, we're, we're definitely closer now than we've ever been before. And the international draft stuff is settled. Good. Uh, I'm glad that we're at this point to actually talk about optimism, having felt this way the entire time. And I, I knew, I knew good things were going to happen last night when Bob Nightingale said, oh, expect contentious negotiations for the next few days um, after MLB canceled another week of games and then threatened to withhold that pay from the players. Here we are. 13 hours no probably not that probably 17 hours later the union executive board is voting against now those are not the players the players votes are still rolling in but the union executive board is voting against approval according to john for this because of the payroll structure i don't know that's all he's saying and you got to assume yes and again that's not everybody that's just the executive so that's just max scherzer yeah um again we will keep you updated as this progresses yeah, that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. So now I have to take back my statement. But yeah, I mean, I knew talks would progress a lot more when Bob Nightingale said they would get worse. Um, they've only gotten better since he said that. Um, but yeah, we're talking this whole time. The biggest, biggest aspects of this lockout um, have been, they, they've ranged from all different types of topics. But the main thing here is improving life for fringe and middle-class major leaguers because, at the end of the day, you know Max Scherzer is getting his $400 million throughout his career. You know Garrett Cole is getting his $400 million throughout his career. You know Giancarlo Stanton is getting all that money for his career. The top 10%, the top 15% of players are taken care of in every single sport. That's never an issue. Look at the NFL and look how lopsided that is. You have you have the you know the top 10% of players making a majority of the money. Everybody else is fending off, you know, fending on their own trying to just get a, a, a multi-year payday to keep a job and to ensure that, you know, the fruits of their labor are maximized. Because look, hey, if you make it to the top of anything in life, especially in sports where your body is constantly being put on the line, your, your physical and your mental fortitude is put on the line, you deserve to cash out. You deserve to make the money. You know, journeyman players who who don't get that opportunity, it's a shame because they they, they put so much into the game. They put so much into what they're doing, um, and they're not making nearly as much as they, they theoretically should. So this, if they're voting against the fourth tier of the payroll structure to discourage spending, which at that point, what, you're probably approaching $300 million. You're probably approaching 280 million, if that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's not that that can't even that that goes to show that this is just it, it once again just comes down to who's 
who wants to, you know, set their nuts on the table and show that they're boss because if there's only a select few of teams who can reach that point, and if the select few teams are reaching that point, they don't give a shit about the tax. They don't. The Dodgers didn't give a shit about the tax last year. They went up to $275 million. It was not an issue for them. They did not say, oh, man, not that third level of tax. Now we're talking about a fourth level of tax where there's another incurred penalty because we do need to have limitations. We do know that the New York market is greater than you know the Cleveland market. There, there's going to be inherent disparity there. So I, I don't disagree with payroll tax penalties. There are payroll tax penalties in every other sport with a salary cap. You can go over the cap, but you'll be you'll be paying a lot more money to do so. If you're in a market that can afford that, great. If you're not, you're not going to reach that point, and it doesn't even matter. So if this is actually what they're voting against, and this is going to stop a deal, it just goes to show that once again, as we as we surmise throughout this entire process, the priorities are whack. We saw the back and forth with the international draft. Now all of a sudden coming in and being a giant issue, where they came up with a thing. Okay, great. Let's figure out an international draft by November 15th. If we can't figure out how to negotiate in, in nine months on an international draft that won't even take full effect until 2024 or 2025, then we'll revisit the CBA. And they didn't think that that was a smart enough deal, which I don't, I don't know how. I mean, I guess I do know how because they, they are impossible negotiators and they can't, they can't get on the same page with anything. Um, but these little issues that, don't hold a lot. Look, I know the international draft should prop should be a thing because it's it creates another aspect of it where the um, the 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 teams with more riches are able to lure players in. Look at the Yankees on the international market. That's where they have been trying to do a lot of their damage um, over the last five years. Um, so there needs to be some sort of law and order there. Um, I mean, look at the Braves. They manipulated the international market and uh, got their GM banned for life um, and had to do a whole restructure. So yeah, it'd be great if that wasn't the Wild West, but. I also don't think that we need to hold up an entire season where players are losing pay, where um, where history is being compromised because of something that we can figure out next year or the year after. Look, I'm not naive here. I'm not falling for the thing. Like the owners keep putting poison pills in these deals, <laughs> and then the players turn them down. I'm not an idiot. I'm not like what players need to take the international draft now, but. There was sort of a road last night where the owners were like, okay, you don't like the international draft. We understand that. You've never liked it. So now we're saying you can accept it now if you want, or you can accept that it could be installed by 2024, and then we have three more years to figure this out, and then maybe we have to renegotiate a new CBA, and there's more bad labor stuff going on in 2024. Not that appealing. But then, of course, it came out after last night that the players were trying to – offer the owners what the owners had proposed to them, where we all agree to drop it for the qualifying offer. Um, and then if it's not working out by mid-season, we can reevaluate. We have this whole season to do this. And the owner said no, because you, you missed our stupid 6 p.m. deadline. And the players were like, wait, you asked us to do this. This was something that you already said. So that's why I had optimism today. Um, and, and that's why I had optimism, like, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. But now that the executive board is apparently voting against it, and again, all of this came down from, from – that came from John Heyman. That did not come from Passon, who got hacked today and got turned into an NFT skull man. Uh, that did not come from Evan Drellick. That came directly from John Heyman, who, who had the dissent from the beginning. It, we went from nobody's voting no to some of the Mets are voting no. Um, it, the player reps are really taking their time here, apparently. So here, there are, you know, Saris, there are 38 votes total in the Players' Union. 30 team reps and eight on the executive board. So right now the board is against it. 
They need two-thirds of the player reps to vote for the proposal for it to pass. Player reps are taking their time, uh, taking to their teams to determine their votes. Although, of course, somebody in the comments reminds us the board didn't have to be unanimous. It could have been 5-3 against. Um, again, we know the Mets are not going to vote for this. Uh, some team reps are also voting no. That's what Ben Nicholson-Smith just said. Um, you just got to hope that the numbers are there. Or you got to hope that they get together tonight. What you have to hope against, and obviously we wanted to be on for the breaking news of an imminent deal. Everybody is tweeting eyeball emojis. All the players are tweeting eyeball emojis for the fucking, I mean, sorry, the fucking executive board to be taking these players who are saying, we want to play. We are giving you the eyeball. We are so ready. Three o'clock, we are in. For the executive board to derail this is poor leadership. And I think that is fine to say. Yeah. I understand the poison pill stuff. Absolutely. I, and I understand that they're trying to, what I'm so sick of is people saying the owners are just trying to frustrate you. They just want to get you frustrated. Well, mission accomplished. I'm really frustrated. So if that's what they're doing, it's working. It's a foolproof strategy. Anger me by getting me to the finish line like a hundred times and then taking the rug out from under me. That if, if, you, if that's what you're doing, if you're trying to bother me, it's working. I'm really bothered. But more importantly, Every time it seems like there is a path, like these numbers are close now. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of separation between the CBA asks, the, the CBTS on both sides. So there, we're at the point where, you know, uh, other than the obvious little weird limiting factors, like slipping in this lawsuit avoidance, please drop this COVID 2020 lawsuit, which is definitely a real thing and feels like another MLB little poison pill. Um, but other than, oh, suddenly the international draft matters. Yeah. Uh, we've got this COVID thing. Those are very legitimate poison pills. But if anybody still has monetary disagreements and they're really hung up on 254 versus 252 or whatever, and Max Scherzer is rallying the executive board against things, you know, don't break now or whatever, even though we are basically in the same place on finances, that's what's really going to grind me. Because you thought the players were losing the PR game before. They're going to lose the PR game if the executive board featuring Scherzer, featuring the Scott Boris clients is what's holding this up. Yeah, and I think the telling sign here is that players were voicing excitement. Players before were not voicing excitement. Even guys on the fringes and, you know, on the outside looking in had knowledge of the bad faith negotiations and, you know, the the snake-like tactics that the owners were trying to pull. Um, Ross Stripling uh, came out and said, uh, you know, they tried to sneak in fine print when they went past midnight – couple weeks back when we thought that this was actually going to happen. So the, if the players are finally on, on that note of positivity and we're not getting any revelation about that kind of shit happening, then I don't know why we're going to let, why we're going to split hairs over the fourth tier of the payroll tax, which is only going to apply to five teams, tops Yankees, Mets, Dodgers. Um, if we want to say Red Sox, they won't do it though. Um, and then, you know, give or take one, one other team that goes on crazy spending, maybe the giants. I don't know. Those are all the bigger market teams. This is not, and, and Max Scherzer has three years left on his, is, is here for three more years. He's not, he's not, he, I don't understand how he would be worried about the future of the Mets and how, and how they're going to continue to spend whatever. Um, that's, I'm all for Max Scherzer helping out the little guy. I'm yeah, all for this Max is not Scherzer doing that. Yeah, I'm I'm li- I'm down for Max Scherzer listening to David Ortiz on the international draft. I think accepting an international draft yesterday without a snag, um, like it, you know, it, it, accepting the international draft just without pretense and being like, "All right, great, let's do an international draft." Who knows? 
Um, that, that seems like a bad idea, especially as people like David Ortiz and more prudently, people like Fernando Tatis Jr. call in and basically say, like, is it going to kill baseball in my country? It's like, all right, well, we got to figure that thing out, yeah. right? You're, you're, we're not just going to slide that past mm-hmm. the goalie. There's clearly a lot of complicating factors here. What was annoying about that wasn't that, um, you know, it wasn't annoying that MLB wasn't railroading the international draft through. It was just annoying that the league was like, oh, hold on. All of a sudden now the most important thing in the world to us is getting the international draft right. Whereas you've, you've had decades to come up with a solution for the Latin American market. And then all of a sudden when you're on, you're not at the two, you're at the two yard line today, apparently. Um, when Max Scherzer and the Mets mucked it up. Um, MLB putting these lawsuits in. Again, I don't think that MLB is just throwing the lawsuits in literally at 2.57 p.m. of a 3 o'clock deadline. I think they're just reporting what they want you to hear. And then someone is uncovering, oh, by the way, there's weird stuff in here too. Like in case you thought there wasn't weird stuff in this one, there there also happens to be uh, more weird stuff in it because that's how these Major League Baseball negotiations work. Um, I'm just refreshing constantly. I got the refresh on the right side of my screen. I'm not optimistic. I mean, I was, I certainly was at, at 12. I don't know. When did we agree go live? 12, 20 something. It felt like we were just waiting for the, I was worried the news was going to break before we hopped on yeah. at, at 12, 22 or 12, 23. Um, it feels like it's goddamn Scott Boris, man. And, and Scott Boris's crew and the upper tier crew, he doesn't have enough for himself right now. Like as much as I want to believe that the players are really concerned about the COVID lawsuit, like, as much as I really want to believe that the players are like, well, let's not just throw this out. Let's take our time. Oh, here we like, go. Do you see this? No. Travis Sawchick. Scott Boris has an outsized influence on the vote with his sheer number of clients, including five of eight on the board. So some CBT pushback is happening most likely. There you fucking go. So that's the yeah. bullshit. That's the bullshit. That, it's obvious. It's obvious what it is. Scott Boris has that influence. They're looking out. Not only are they looking out. Not only was this whole process supposed to look out for the lesser players and the little guy. Now it's reached a point where the bigger guys are like, oh well, you know, we got to get ours too. We got to. We have to figure out we're protected. Even though once again, this affects. This is a literal one percent argument among the players. Only a handful who've already, of, gotten, who've already gotten paid. Who've too. already like, gotten paid? They're you know the the these te- these big teams that are affected by this dish out. Two of those contracts, two three hundred million, two two hundred fifty million dollar contracts, or whatever it is. So, I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know why or how. And I, the only reason I'm nervous now after reading that is because that's going to piss off the owners, um, yeah, who have no right to be pissed off because they've been they've been assholes throughout this entire process, and everybody who's been keeping up with it is aware. Um, of the practices and 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 of everything that's been going on but that this is something after all the work that's been done on how you know look we could call it stupid because it is stupid they shouldn't have waited this long but they put in a lot of work over the last you know three four weeks to make this happen and now to have it be potentially derailed by scott boris having what it, what it, what did scott boris gerrymander the fucking uh union board to get enough of his guys on there like this is that's not the way it should be. This should be equal representation in some capacity. I know the big guys need to be there, but there also needs to be some others who are voicing opinions um, in, in from other situations. But fuck that. Anyway, that's what you can't have. The, the Scott Boris deals have never really been at risk. That's not a part never of it. Risk. When have you seen in the past couple of years like Carlos Correa not get paid? Like it took Bryce Harper a couple of weeks longer yeah. to get his than it probably get his three hundred thirty million. Yeah, it took Manny Machado to get into spring training. But you know what? Those guys got a hell of a lot of money. So, like, even if the owners didn't want to spend it at first, nobody had to settle for $120 million. Nobody had to settle for a two-year pillow deal. 
Those people are continuing to get paid. It's people getting run out of baseball at 32. It's young players not getting called up and getting their service time manipulated. Because uh, hearing from another agent about possible no votes and some more negative sentiment coming in, looks like we started with the rural vote and moved into urban counties. Agents have to snip in some total picture, of course. That is Travis Sawchick, of course, uh, driving a parallel between uh, the overnight Joe Biden votes. Um, is exactly not what you want to hear. That was such a pleasant memory for me. And now we're getting the overnight uh, MLB garbage saying that we're hearing from the richest possible people at the deadline and those are the people that don't want to vote. Um, is there a six o'clock? De- I mean, is there another deadline? Or are we, we were preparing like 20 minutes ago to do, um, you know, spring training in a week and opening day on april 7th and free agency tonight yeah now it just feels like i'm waiting to see the other shoe drop live on air and you're gonna watch like uh ralph wiggum and the symptoms you're just gonna watch a man's soul leave his body live on camera but again that i mean it's i don't even feel this anymore this is obviously the closest it's been and the most excited i was because i like to win and the last two times the last two times the hurdles were obvious. This time the hurdles were less obvious. And yeah. we're getting to the point where we got to do a goddamn deal. I'm sorry. Like, it, I'm not saying this has to be the deal. I'm not saying we have to pass this 3 o'clock deal. I'm not saying we got to pass the deal tonight. I, I can even, you know, I can lose six games. I, I'm not demanding that we play 162. I'm just saying that we absolutely have to move this past. And, and if that takes, you know, getting the lawsuit out of there and adding a couple more millions to the CBT or a couple more millions to the bonus pool. I mean, everybody keeps coming up. The only thing I'm worried about now is the owner stomping away. Like you said, like there's always another level of this. And as long as the two sides are talking again, they can finish it tomorrow. They can finish it the next morning. These are all fine times to finish it. They can't wait that much longer, but they can get it done by the weekend, I would say, and I would be totally fine. But what we can't have is the 43 days of lockout at the beginning of this where the owners were just sitting around going, the players need to come be fair, I think. (laughs) They're like, you're just sitting there being like your thumb is, you know, I don't want to say. Fully inserted. Fully inserted somewhere in an orifice. Mouth? You could be (laughs) sucking on your thumb like a little baby. Or it could be else your nose with your thumb. Your place. I don't know where your thumb goes. Uh, plugging a hole in a big dam. I don't know. Your <laughs> thumb could be a lot of places. Um, but it really felt like that's what was happening for what the owners just sitting there, you know, in a rocking chair, being like, "Someday we'll talk." And that's what we can't afford again. We need to have real conversations about this. Yeah. Speaking of an actual real conversation, because I'm done. Let's with do this. Yeah, we've done enough live gibberish. Let's pivot to reality. Good gibberish, though. It's good discourse. People need to know what's happening. John Heyman, team votes are coming in now, delivered by player reps. So far, they are in favor. So far, players are going against the executive well, council. Can, they, can the players overrule the executive board? Yeah, they just need two-thirds of the players. Oh. 20 of 30 player reps. Okay, good. So let the people let the people decide. If Scherzer gets cucked and then, like, hates being a Met and then hurts himself, that would probably – like, I don't wish injury on anyone, but this is Scott – this is Scott Boris whispering to Max Scherzer. For a long time, it was Max Scherzer fighting for those who are going to be coming in the future. And now it's just Max Scherzer being like, can the Mets sign another $150 million deal next offseason? Or who do I have to tell to to stop? Anyway, Tom's carrying Anyway, go go to Oh no! I mean, this is this is our topic to talk about. I'm this not- is our topic. This is the New York Yankees. Yeah, the New York Yankees. Yesterday, 
uh, well, I don't know if it happened yesterday, but it was reported yesterday that they checked in on the medicals of Carlos Correa, Carlos Rodon, and Yusei Kikuchi. That means there is legwork being done. That means they are preparing for this to end soon, or it indicates that they're preparing for this to end soon. And it indicates, hopefully, that they might be part of this frenzy upon uh, the lockout ending. Because uh, who said it? Forgot who reported. Would like to give them credit. Maybe you know. Um, maybe it was Jason Stark said free agency is going to start immediately after the CBA is agreed to. I saw it from Morosi a lot. Morosi. He was on MLB Network saying it today. Okay, good. Well, hey, Morosi, Jason Stark, two good sources. Go look at them. Um, yeah, so free agency starts right when this CBA is signed, sealed, and delivered. It's going to be mayhem because you know some players have already made up their minds. You know, you know, front offices have been talking to agents. Um, this is further evidence that the Yankees have been talking to some agents because that's not against the rules. They can request medicals. They can talk money. They can figure out how they're going to position themselves when this comes to an end. Um, and I had a crazy idea. Like, what if they signed Correa to a monster deal and then used him for next year? And then just traded them after the prospects are ready. Like, who's not going to take that deal? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. That's probably not going to happen. But I thought about it. I thought about I think about everything. Weird shit keeps me up at night. Figured, hey, maybe Carlos Correa w- might not take that one-year $40 million deal. But what if he takes a $350 million deal and then somebody wants to take on the rest of the $300 million? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, this shows that there is some sort of a – um, of an urgency for the Yankees to especially upgrade starting pitching. Rodon and Kikuchi, I believe, are very good depth options. Um, I'm, I, I think Rodon has capability to be a top-end starter, but I, I cannot rely on that based on his innings output and his injury history. Um, his fire on the mound is arguably unmatchable. Um, Kikuchi's more of the true back-end guy, 4 ERA, 4-3 ERA, lefty, yeah. crafty stuff. Um, we'll, we'll eat the innings for you. Um, it would be fun to do you say I only hear what I want to in Lisa Loeb voice. But other than that, I mean, you're, you're talking about a four ERA and 140 innings. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice. Yeah. And he might be one of the first dominoes off the board. He's going to cost James Paxton money, right? Yeah. You'd have to pay one year 10 mil, two years 22 mil yeah. or something. Um, right in that uh, first tier, not in, the, not in the Max Scherzer fourth tier, right in that third <laughs> range. Uh, but Carlos Correa is that upper echelon guy. Radon. I mean, it's important to talk about him just because he is going to be an expensive risk. And he was, I mean, even in the one season where he put it all together last year, he got hurt. He got hurt. I mean, we don't even know what the injury was. It was just fatigue. And he he finished fifth in the Cy Young voting and struck out a ton of dudes. But he, you know, barely pitched by the time the playoffs rolled around. So what you hope for for him is he, what if he and Luis Severino can get you combined 220 ace ish innings and then one of them is available for the playoffs nobody wants to think about that because everybody i mean nobody wants to go out in the cs and be like we lost one of our guys though i mean you want everybody healthy by the time the playoffs roll around but you've got luis severino who can't really get over 100 innings anyway he hasn't pitched more than 10 innings in three years and then you've got Rodon, who once even in his best year he's approaching um you know he's approaching 140 innings and he starts getting you know breaking down again um but 
the Yankees had the Justin Verlander deal prepared, right? It was like two years, $45 million for a guy coming off Tommy John surgery and being 39 years old. And everybody was like, well, that's a little wacky, um, especially because the Yankees don't spend money. Or we should, But we seemed so sure they were going to do it that we were just like, well, pretty weird, but I guess the Yankees are going to do it. Then Justin Verlander's brother leaked that that fell apart and he was going to the Astros instead. Um, so they've got that money available, though. Even before the CBT threshold was raised, and the luxury tax was changed. The Yankees were going to go over this year, and they were going to spend what twenty five million dollars annually on Justin Verlander's broken Maybe. down. Self. They probably would have fucking cut people or traded people to make up for the loss. Um, yeah, because they won't. They don't. You don't have to pay the tax until after the season. It doesn't matter what you're. It matters what the end of season payroll is. So yeah, I mean, you factor in what um, uh, Luke Voigt trade that chops off almost $6 million. Maybe there's a geo or Shella trade in there that chops off another six and a half million. Um, and then depending on where they, where they, where else they see, maybe Aaron Hicks is gone. I doubt it, but like, I don't know. They could figure out a way to eat some salary, free up some money. But yeah, I mean, all indications suggest that they were willing to put themselves in a tight spot where if they couldn't get out of that tight spot, they're paying the tax. Um, so I view that positively at least. There's no dead cap in baseball though. Cause there's no cap. So you're not like cutting Luke void and having to eat 5.5 no, million of this. I, million or I mean, I don't wish I don't, I don't like that. I don't wish I don't like cap. I mean, there's nothing more confusing than dead cap in the NFL. The fact that like, if you wait an extra two weeks, you could cut someone and it's basically free. But if you do it before the deadline, yeah. you have to eat $18 million. system. Like, why would anyone ever do it? Why would anybody ever do it before the deadline? Like, we're gonna cut Amari Cooper today. And they're like, if you do it tomorrow, then it's free 95. The Cowboys are like, don't wink. Oops. Um, oh well, I guess we owe 30 million dollars. Or like some people have cuttable contracts, and other people have completely unconvertible contracts. Like, you gotta pay Ezekiel Elliott 30 million dollars no matter what happens. Yep. Um, this is off the rails. And you know why it's off the rails? Because we plan this around three o'clock, it's not three fourteen. Yep. And we don't have the votes. I mean, John Heyman has been a mouthpiece for ownership for a long time. So John, th- that's why it was weird when John Heyman was the one who was like, the Mets are trying to turn people against us. Because for the first time in a long time, that was like, why is he breathing negativity? But then again, you think about it a little bit longer and it's like, oh, because the owners want the players to seem responsible for this again. But then the players would have been responsible again because it feel- it's got Boris. So I think in reality, what you want to say is, I don't. I blame the owners more than the players by like a million percent. The players aren't blameless, but only the players controlled by Scott Boras are the ones that we really should be blaming here. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Miles Straw with the eyeball emojis. Chris Bassett with the like, everything that's happening, panic gifts or whatever. A lot of players want to play. A lot of free agents want to find homes. The Oakland A's want to know where they're playing next year because we're reporting to spring training whenever this is done. And the Oakland A's, when uh, we left off the last season of Major League Baseball, like when uh, the season one cliffhanger of Major League Baseball, the Oakland A's lost their manager. And they were like, we don't know what team we're going to be on next year. Our whole rotation is getting traded. Uh, what's happening? And, and then three months went by in their lives with no alteration. Um, can we just get to Paul O'Neill Jersey retirement day? He's, <laughs> can, we, can we get live on the, on the screen? Uh, should we go? For a little bit, you'll talk about Rick Bird. Yeah, Mr. Greg. Um, it doesn't make me happy to even put this on the. You know, I, I don't even want to put this on the screen because I was hoping at this juncture we would be talking about much more serious uh, things. But, yeah. Uh, um, to me, 
This uh, Greg Bird minor league deal with the Blue Jays this morning, he, missing the deadline to sign a major league deal by uh, four hours. Um, if that if that was of anybody's interest, but um, yeah, mental warfare by the Blue Jays. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing more. It's that's exactly what it is. Um, I know they need first base help, um, but uh, they've been a thorn in the Yankees' side now for a good while. Um, at least these last two done, internal done, done, years. Done. 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 Deal. Done. 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 Deal. Done deal. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Passan, breaking Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal. While it still needs to be ratified by both parties, that is expected to be a formality. And when it is, colon, line break, baseball is back, period. Well, folks, happy to share this moment with you. Baseball you is You guys want to see it, too, by the way? Because Put it up there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know who JNYY is. I don't follow him. I, I hope he's <laughs> That's a what weird one. New though. deal? Baseball is back, period. New deal. Big Baby David says, source. Uh, this is real passing, too. That is a check mark. That's not a seven. That's not Jeff Plasson. Not Ethereum or, Jeff Passan. And Ozenthal or some garbage. <laughs> or, what, what is Jeff Passan, who started off as a skull emoji? Or he started off here saying that the internet, he was the one who showed us at the international draft. Uh, was was they they finally settled on something there? Big morning for him, but then twenty minutes later he was a little skull man, yep. and he turned into Jeff Passant.f or whatever some Ethereum. Hey folks, here's something I'm gonna choose to never understand. That I have no <laughs> interest. I would rather learn about the CBT threshold and become an expert on the international draft than learn about. Um, anything that has to do with Ethereum or uh, NFTs. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. How how great is it that we just did 33 minutes live talking about the lockout, thinking we were going to get it ended at the beginning, but then it didn't happen, but then we talked about some free agency options, and the fucking screen says Greg Bird's Revenge. <laughs> Greg Bird's Revenge, baby. Oh, we're MLB lockout. We about that. I mean, look, the fact remains that Greg Bird signed with the Blue Jays. I hope that Best of luck to Greg Bird moving forward. That has nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about for the remainder of the podcast. The Toronto Blue Jays are tweeting Squidward. He's waking up. I don't think the Blue Jays would be tweeting that if it wasn't true. Uh, Mark Carrick says, that was a blast. Let's do it again next year. Let's absolutely not do it again next year. Let's never, ever, 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 ever do it again. Travis Sochik has the numbers. You want to know the numbers? Here, let's hear them. It's not even close. 26 to 26 to 12 oh good yeah we needed 20 to 10 right Uh, oh no but this includes the executive committee so that means if the executive committee went unanimous that's eight votes in the wrong direction that means the player reps went 26 to 4 yeah so we assume all the boris clients voted against it so that's six no's or five no's so that means the vast majority of non-scott boris led players voted for this deal 
God bless you, players. I think it's going to become – you know what I hope now that it's ratified? I hope it becomes immediately obvious who voted against it based on their interviews. Like, I hope some of the player reps admit it, and I hope, like – I hope there are just guys who are visibly not that excited to play Major League Baseball. Like, guys who are jogging out being like, really going to miss that. Wish we could have gotten that extra million in the pool. Um, is Josh Donaldson a player rep? I feel like he's somebody who would have absolutely done that. Torpedo the whole. I feel like yeah, he he's definitely a he's definitely a hardo voice that they probably want to have up top because um, he's 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 a contrarian. Um, he'll be he'll be push. He's one of those guys who just pushes back to push back. He was the guy like, in the room. Yeah, he was the guy in the room yeah. making negative arguments, but not ones that made any sense. Like everybody yeah. was like the players were united. Like Scherzer was like, so we need an extra ten million. We're gonna ask for an extra fifteen million. Let's get money in that pool. Let's help the kids. And everyone's like, yeah. And then Josh Donaldson is like, and also we should ban brushback pitches. And everyone's like, what? Get this guy total con- like oh, convivial meeting. Beer, no domestic beer at the games. And all the players are like, we tell them the wrong meeting time tomorrow. This shit sucks. Um, but. <laughs> It, look, guys, we, we have baseball's back. Um, so unifying statements. I mean, grand theses. Do we have anything we want to talk about? Greg Bird's revenge. I mean, Greg Bird. <laughs> do we want to make sure? I mean, never forget. I saw somebody tweet, "Never forget what baseball did to us." Here, that's really important. I haven't forgiven baseball. Jose, to us. Jose, baseball's back. back. Jose. Jose, and then we have. Mm, that's a good point. Maybe. Maybe the players revolt and say we don't want we don't want the guys making two hundred fifty plus million um, representing us on the grand stage. I don't know, but order of business here, or because business is about to be booming. Mm-hmm. Business is going to be huge. Free agency is going to start. Um, it's going to fuck up our night because we're going to the ACC and the Big East tournaments. Um, so uh, I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, but what do we have? In terms of Yankees order of business, let's talk a quick outline of what the Yankees need to do. Because Thomas so, and I personally just got our nights somewhat ruined. I can't believe that Major League Baseball did this today. Yesterday would have been – I feel like I do this. any day. I had nothing to fucking do over the last three months. Once again, something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Um, we have – it's March Madness, guys. Like the, the local tournaments are going on. New York is an incredible place to be uh, if you love college uh, basketball. And – Thomas is going to see the Big East tonight, watch Villanova. I'm going to go watch my beloved Carolina Tar Heels. That game's at 9.30 p.m. over at the Barclays Center. I live right down the street from the Barclays Center. I was going to try to catch some of that early Notre Dame-Virginia Tech game. Looking like a second-halfer for me because I'm going to be sitting here manning the laptop, trying to sneak it into the Barclays signing. Uh, MP in the comments saying, I bet Brett Gardner is the first signing. That would be so Yankees. I agree. I think Brett Gardner is a Yankee by Monday. But Thomas, let's talk order of operations because we have heard earlier today before things started going off, um, we have heard a lot about how there could easily be trades and signings, not just tonight, but like 15 minutes after this gets ratified. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think GMs have been talking. I think um, the discourse has not died. There has been no, um, I mean, is that a conspiracy theory? I don't think that part of the lockout meant you couldn't discuss things. Um, I mean, maybe you're not you supposed to. You're not supposed to, but they did, and and they maybe didn't. Yeah, I mean, what are they tapping phones? They got the FBI. They got they got fucking the NFL season doesn't open until next week, and Carson yeah. Wentz and Russell Wilson just got. Yeah, I mean, we all know what's happening. Yeah. 
So maybe it's like a formality. They don't have to mention the exact players' names, but they, you know, they have a map. Maybe they're doing Zoom meetings and they're pointing at positions. Hey, I want that guy. And then they're going in the farm. Hey, you want our number three ranked guy who has no face right now because he's on the 40-man roster? What do you think about that? Um, so I think there was de- there were definitely some sort of conversations going on to set up for this because they knew. That's the other thing. Like, they, they, they couldn't have been that strict about it because they knew the second we had a lift here, it was going to be crazy. And they know that we uh, days, weeks, months go by, the closer your back's against the wall, the closer you're going to be to the start of the regular season, the the greater need for guys to get to spring faster, to, to keep with their regimen, to keep with their routine, to be ready for the regular season. And that goes for everybody, most specifically pitchers. We've seen a lot of issues with them, especially over the last two seasons with the COVID shortened season. So I think that there was probably – People just knew you knew what was going to happen. You knew the circumstances. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if we just there were, you know, deals already agreed to or structured deals that they were discussing. And then they just hit a on the controller and it's accepted right when this right when the two parties fully ratify this. I don't know how long that's going to take, by the way, folks. Um, I don't think anybody does. Um, I'm but hopefully, a, a major snag piloted by the New York Mets in the ratification process. <laughs> well, but yeah. Maybe that maybe maybe the owners snuck in some more fine print that they have to go through and the lawyers catch it. I don't know. I, you never know. Maybe then we're delayed another week and then we're looking at this again. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, but yeah, I think, I think you got to trust. I mean, he's not tweeting baseball is back. Baseball's not back. But again, true. somebody hold Max Scherzer's feet to the fire. Somebody ask him about Scott Boris. Somebody, somebody get Scott Boris on a microphone. I would love to hear just a little bit from him about what, what the major differences were. Cause again, Scott Boris is not suddenly passionate about the international draft. No, absolutely not. Um, so order of business, I guess for Yankees, uh, hopefully some trades are in the works almost agreed to get your first um, baseman today or tomorrow. And probably, it's, weird, yeah. it's weird to say that because first base is, is not the number one need for this team. Right, there are a couple options that work. Freddie Freeman signing, Matt Olson trade, Anthony Rizzo signing, also fine. Um, Luke Voigt also is a better option at first base than anyone they have at shortstop. So yes. if you're really going granularly and like you strike out on all the top three first basemen, which sounds unacceptable, there's a chance Luke Voigt's healthy and could just go off. There's no chance any shortstop on the team is going to be competent at this point. Mm-hmm. Gio Rochelle is not a shortstop. Glaber Torres is definitely not a shortstop. Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be interesting off the bench, but if he has, a, if he's the starting shortstop and pops off, good luck and, and God, I mean that's unbel- that's a a 99th percentile unlikely outcome. So you just can't accept that as fact. Um, I think first baseman's going to be the first move. I think shortstop should be the first thing they address. Yeah, I think they don't have a choice though because Correa might be hanging around for a little bit longer due to his demands. Yes. Freeman snatched up. Matt Olson trade happening. Those are things that are much easier to materialize um, at a quicker rate because of a, the prices and B one's a trade package. You could have sat with yourself in a closet and come up with 10 trade packages. That would make sense. That might appease the Oakland athletics. You got to think they'd accept one. Um, And then Freddie Freeman, the investment there is not prohibitive in the 300 to 400 million range. You might be teetering on 200 million. So I think that that's doable for a lot of teams. Um, and how funny is that? Yankees are going to officially open the season against the Red Sox at home. I love that. At home, um, too. It, it's, yeah. it's worth noting that this morning, you know, we, we did some talk last week about the games the Yankees were going to lose. It was at Houston, at Texas, which is a horrible way to open the season, especially after what Texas did. 
and we, we still probably would have banked some wins against the Rangers, bad pitching staff. But, I mean, that's a rough road trip to start the year. And then you're coming home and facing the Red Sox and Blue Jays. Yeah, this that. morning we were about to lose a Red Sox home series and a Blue Jays home series. Yeah, seven uh, divisional and, games. Yeah, and, and the, 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 again, we talked about this last – I don't even remember when we talked about this, but the one wonky year for the Red Sox was when they lost some home games to us because we went to London to play two Red Sox-Yankees Red Sox home games in London. And so if the Yankees are losing a Red Sox series because of the international draft at home and suddenly it's nine games at Fenway, six games in New York, yeah, it's going to bum me out. It's objectively not fair. Um, now, nobody wants to hear anybody cry about fairness. And we all know the reason why it was happening. But you're walking into the season at a significant disadvantage, saying goodbye to things you don't have to say goodbye to and handing the Red Sox another little feather in their cap. Yeah. Um, I mean, people were willing – I never bought that people were willing to trade the whole season away for solidarity purposes, especially because the owners love money. They're not willing to do that. The players are bare, The players are probably 10% willing to throw the season away, and the owners yeah. were negative 1,000% willing to throw the season away. Um, and there were – I mean, there were brief moments where I was like, do we see Aaron Judge's last game as a Yankee? I mean, that's something else to talk about too. Nice. Okay, to be honest, order of operations, get a first baseman because you're running out of time get Aaron Judge locked down before spring training starts. Because he made that pretty clear a couple of weeks ago, too, that, like, hey, I'm I'm not saying I'm leaving the Yankees if we don't have a deal before spring training or before the season, but I'm going to free agency. I mean, I'm not doing it during the year. You can come at me during free agency once my door is open. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not giving you exclusive negotiating rights during the season. You can't come to me in the middle of June and say, Aaron, an extension sounds pretty smart right about now. What do you think? Like, he is – he wants to get it done before the season starts. The less time there was before the season starts, the less likely a deal to get done. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we've only got – I mean, now we're going to have almost a month. People are going to report spring training like tomorrow. Uh, they're yeah. not going to play games. They're going to be running around in circles and doing wind sprints. But we now have a little under a month to get this done. Our lives get a little hectic. But it's nothing compared to what's about to happen to Aaron Judge, who is under contract this season. And then that's it. And has really had no substantive conversations that we know about about becoming the captain about becoming a long-term Yankee, they have to sort out. That's probably, honestly, I think the Yankees try to get some moves done this weekend. And again, they probably already have some trades in the hopper. And then they, they sit judge down on Monday and go, all right, yeah. now we've got a couple externals in here. Let's get to work giving themselves. I mean, MLB loves to give themselves fake deadlines. I bet the owners give themselves another fake deadline there. We can get judge done by end of week. We're good or something and expect some sort of press conference there at spring training in that first week just before games or expect nothing. Those are the yeah. two options. I think the only caveat with the judge deal is that was another scenario where you could have locked yourself in a closet and come up with seven different Aaron Judge contracts. So you have a bunch at your disposal. The only thing I would sign Aaron Judge tomorrow if I owned a team. I think that we're looking at the Yankees here. I think they need to figure out shortstop first before they know how much they're going to be um, uh, liberal in offering him money because if Carlos Correa is comes i don't think that's going to happen but say that comes you're telling me they're going to give judge a 200 million dollar extension they're going to have three they're going to have they're going to have over a billion dollars committed to four people um in garrett cole john carlos stanton carlos correa and aaron judge um Mm -hmm. again i don't think that's going to happen and i would sign judge tomorrow um but that's the only reason i think shortstop they need to just they need to they need to either part with the idea that correa is even being floated or maybe part with the idea that they think they can get one of these big guys on a short-term deal. Um, And I think judge is the bigger priority because, Hey, if you're this high on Volpe on this high on Peraza 
um, and you think those guys can take over, then just lock up what you have. Take care of what you have. Take care of the guys who have done the good work for you and let everything else sort itself out. Um, so I wonder how those two on the totem pole would flip between shortstop and judge. Um, then you got figure out Gio Urshela and DJ LeMahieu. What is happening? That's We haven't talked enough about that, too. What is happening with that? DJ LeMahieu is going to be a utility player for his career with the Yankees, making $15 million a year. Like That means somebody's got to go. They clearly are not. I don't know what they're doing with Glaber Torres. If they didn't trade him at the deadline, I don't see why they would trade him now. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem to make sense. So he's at second. Then if we're going after a first baseman, which I think that that's kind of, I think that's kind of set in stone. And even if you don't go after a first baseman, Luke Voigt's still here. So I, I think that's the starter. So that eliminates another position for LeMahieu. And then you're going to start LeMahieu over Urshela at third base, or are you going to get rid of Urshela? Or are you going to move Urshela to shortstop? So that, that, that ties into shortstop and also to first base. So a lot of these, a lot of these things are, are interconnected for the Yankees and it complicates the list of priorities. And then you go into the outfield. Great. We need another outfielder. Is Ender Inciarte going to, going to pan out if he's worthless? Are we bringing back Brett Gardner on April 6th, the night before the Red Sox game where he shit faced at a New York bar? Um, I don't know. So um, they lifted the vaccine mandate. So probably. (laughs) So you look at it from a power ranking uh, perspective, you got to go first base just because of the availability there. Um, and then I think it's it's just a running, it, it's two through four are all related and it's convoluted and it's complicated. And I think that we'll have a greater clarity of it based on what off-season research and, and uh and outreach and um, anything else of that nature where the Yankees were allowed to do something. um, When that becomes revealed, we're going to have a better idea. Yep. And this is unfortunately the time we all remember the Yankees roster has significant problems attached to it. Um, There's, you know, you want more time on the clock. You don't want to be at spring training the next day because there's, there are holes, not, you know, trouble spots that could be improved upon. There are empty spaces on the roster. You thought it was confusing when you were looking at the gray heads on the website. It's going to be even more confusing when the faces come back and you're like, we don't have a shortstop. We don't have anything. Um, like I said, the Oakland A is very unsettled right now. Uh, you know, they're one of the few teams that has as many problems as we do. They have a roster that works, but they're going to be going other places. So make those trades, finalize things, tell Chris Bassett where to report, show him a locker at George M. Steinbrenner Field in Tampa, get some Oakland A's, reinforce the rotation, uh, don't overpay for bullpen. Try to get a role to Chapman to waive his no trade clause. Uh, sign or trade for a first baseman. Get somebody at shortstop who's not Andrelton Simmons. Even though we hired Hensley Mullins like a week ago as yeah. a hitting instructor, an Andrelton Simmons confidant uh, from their Netherlands days. Although maybe he hates him. That might help too. If they're like, Hensley, we're thinking about Andrelton Simmons. And he's like, no, guy can't hit. <laughs> Guy's useless. And be like, oh, phew, great. Thank goodness. Um, Lots to be sorted out. The Yankees aren't that good at this juncture. Um, but no need to go crazy on the bullpen. Get some people who can need innings. Uh, maybe bring Adam Warren back. Uh, try to get some Try to get some soakers in there, middle inning dudes. Get your first baseman. Figure out Judge. Get a shortstop who's competent. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa unlikely now uh, since Josh Young tore his shoulder up in the middle of the season, uh, offseason. Um, yeah, first base. First base, Judge, shortstop, rotation, center field. Yeah. Easy peasy. Not yeah. much. 
There's a lot. Um, any parting words? I feel like we've covered that. We've run the gamut today. Yeah. What an interesting. This is why you go live, folks. This is why we're this live. Is why, this is why live podcasting exists because you get to you set yourself up for a deadline. Everybody tanks it. Everybody ruins your day, ruins your life. And then the players revolt against the executive committee. The, the executive committee should rename themselves. Next labor negotiations, we don't committee. need something the executive committee that's in charge of, of 300 some odd players. Um, I'm very happy. I, I think the timing is unfortunate. I think there's a world. Obviously, there, these were all settleable things. So it's very unfortunate that the players and uh, had to wait 43 days to even start talking to the owners because it only took, I don't know, two months to get this all done. And it felt interminable because we we're cutting into spring training. But if we just started talking in December, maybe we get this wrapped in February, maybe everybody's spring training trips make sense. Could have talked last year. Could have opened could have last the year. season when you saw all these could obstacles. Figured. Could have done a lot of fucking shit. Could have figured the international draft out decades ago. Taking <laughs> it on a call yesterday. Um, but that's I'm, – I'm so excited baseball's back. I'm not going to forget what they did to us. No. I'm not going to forget how dysfunctional this process no, well, was. No, we have scars. I'm, we, we have yeah. scars, mental, um, physical. I didn't go that route, but I could have. Um, I restrained myself um, from breaking barriers. I didn't, I didn't have my thumb anywhere, I promise <laughs> you. We weren't plugging anything with our thumbs. Not plugging anything um, for the little dirty yeah. The total lack of the total lack of foresight and, and seemingly respect here is frustrating. Um, Got to be happy that baseball's back. Got to be happy that the Yankees are back. Got to be happy that we're going to see some Yankees moves. We're going to see a lot of a fuck ton of Yankees moves over the next seventy two hours, assuming when this thing is fully ratified. Um, so, as good a time ever, folks, head on over to YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of written content there for you. Come back, talk to us on Monday at two p.m. We'll be live here, probably talking about those moves. That'll be a good time. Um, mm-hmm. And talk to us in the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be doing polls there, posting articles, all that stuff. Uh, my name's Thomas Carinante. You know me by now. You can find me on Twitter, at Tommy's underscore takes. Um, and, yeah, I'm happy baseball's back, Adam. That's what I'm happy about. I'm happy about it, too. You can find me being happy about it, at Adam Weiner. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews along with mailbag cues if you want to get them answered live on the pod. A lot of action in the comments today. Love that. Please continue to do that. Thanks for finding us on this very special day. Um, Yeah, Yankees got a lot of work to do. Stay tuned next week. Got a big interview coming up on Thursday's show as well. Pending this person's schedule changes, now that Major League Baseball is unlocked. Ooh, eyeball emojis. Is it it a custodian? Is it (laughs) Al Steinbrenner? Whose schedule just changed? I don't know. Um, Yeah, stay tuned. We'll get you details on that, hopefully. But for now, uh, I'm just happy baseball's back. You might have lost some casuals. You never lost me. You never lost comments. Let's go, Yankees. Let's get a roster together. And we will see you next week. Let's go. I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me. I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.